Welcome to the Agency Freedom Podcast. We help you find your freedom in every aspect of your business. Captivity comes in many forms, from stale, ineffective sales and marketing tactics, to outdated technology and workflows, to teams who are performing far less than their true capabilities. On this show, you'll hear compelling conversations with your peers in the insurance industry, as well as from top-shelf professionals in related fields who are leading the charge towards what's coming next. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. Welcome back to the Agency Freedom Podcast. We hope insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. And this is a curveball of an episode. I uh, reached out to a, a client of ours here at RiskWell, a well-known, pretty, uh, pretty dang successful real estate investor here in the Dallas area in Texas. He doesn't just do deals in DFW, but this is you know where he's calling home. Thank you to my guest, McLean Bobbitt, for joining us uh, on AFP. How's it going, man? Going good. Thanks for having me on here, James. I know. This is probably random in even more ways than normal for me, and I'm a fairly random host. I like taking different angles on stuff. But you're the first professional full-time real estate investor that we've ever had on the pod. You've been a client of RiskWell for a while. I'm not entirely sure. I don't work directly with you, but ladies on our team do. And obviously you and I you know, talk on, on social media fairly often. So, man, I wanted to bring you on because you have a very interesting entrepreneur story. You've been very successful in the real estate world. I think you started out as a wholesaler, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, as, as a lot of people do. As a lot of people in, do. Yeah, well, they're cutting their teeth on the real estate world. You have some, some little tidbits of trivia from back in your story, but you know, folks out there in listener land, McLean and I are going to talk about uh, the real estate investor world. Uh, he's going to give you some insight into how investors think and the way that they look at deals and make decisions and you know choose their vendor partners and their advisors like insurance and CPAs and financial advisors and you know, for those of you out there that sell life insurance, there's a couple of things that we're going to talk about that RiskWell doesn't do right now, but it's an intersection between insurance and real estate that I would imagine McLean is probably familiar with, at least in concept, but many of you out there may not be. I'm going to keep that nugget to the end of the episode, uh, but uh, for those of you that do anything in the life insurance world, you definitely want to pay attention to that. Uh, so McLean, to get started here, <laughs> we'll hit that little whoosh button. And uh, I'd love to hear your backstory. Uh, there's a couple of little nuggets there of trivia uh, that, that may be of some interest to the insurance folks out there. But then uh, catch us up to how you found yourself in the real estate investing world and, you know, becoming a serial entrepreneur. Of course. And again, thanks for having me on here. So I'll keep it kind of high level just for the sake of everyone's attention span. But um, I'm actually first generation American. So both my parents were orphans. Um, I went the traditional route of going to college always thought I was going to be a physician assistant and life didn't happen that way for me and graduated college, started getting into medical device sales, software sales. And about that time, I started to look at different ways. Hey, how can I make some money? And kind of a segue to the insurance is for me, I actually had my journal lines insurance. So I dabbled in insurance, MLM. I was doing life insurance policies and I had my feet wet in there. Of course, it was an MLM agency, 
I didn't really understand or grasp the concept of what I was doing at the time, but that was my foot in the door as far as entrepreneurship goes. And I never went any further into the insurance. Obviously, I went into the investment side, but uh, I started looking up a thing called wholesaling. Obviously, how do you make $10,000 in 30 days or in a month? And I started to read and educate myself on how to wholesale houses, how to how to go find distressed property owners. And during this time, it's probably about early 2019, about late 2019, I started getting deals, started doing transactions at a wholesaler. And probably as a lot of your listeners, they don't know what a wholesaler is. Basically, if an investor is trying to find a deal at a discount and they don't have the time, the bandwidth, or the resources to go find a deeply discounted deal, they'll come to a wholesaler because wholesalers do all the marketing, the sales, the acquisitions to find these deals that are right for other investors. And I got really good at finding deals. I got very, very good at finding deals enough to the point that I could leave my corporate job in May of 2020. And obviously, we, we all know how 2020 went. But mm-hmm. I went full time. Obviously, as a wholesaler, you're, you're kind of bottom of the chain is what a lot of people say. And all you know is, hey, I'm going to get this, this deal discounted cheap enough that an investor can go make money and I can make my spread too. Now, the flip side to it is once you get on those big boy pants and you start taking down deals yourself, your first fix and flip, before you can close on that deal, you're going to need an insurance policy. And that's where yep. you come to guys like James and Riskwell, other agencies if you, if you prefer, but you can't close on that house until you get that insurance policy. And for me, that was a whole new perspective as an investor. And a lot of people don't understand how the insurance works, even seasoned investors. Yep. But There's kind a of my huge education it. gap, man. And and I know you and I got started, uh, I forget who referred you over. It was in one of these you know, investor groups. I'm, I'm in like a dozen real estate investor yes. groups. I don't, I don't remember how we got connected with you, but it started off with a Facebook message and I'm, hey, I'm happy to help sometime. And you know, one thing led to another and you like what we did and the rest is history. And here you are as a guest on a podcast. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but... Uh, <laughs> I think it's a good thing. It's a pretty cool story, at least. What do you want the audience to know? You're talking to hundreds and hundreds of agency owners and, and sales professionals. Uh, I'd love to have you go more into the, the real estate world. Explain the wholesaler thing. Like buy, People that buy properties aren't always the ones that are buying properties. They, you know, Obviously, there's a lot of controversy with a lot of circles especially among licensed real estate agents because they they see wholesalers as, you know, one step above a petty criminal, uh, <laughs> you know, someone who's swindling and 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 lying to people that own distressed property which typically are, you know, older folks or folks that have financial hardship of some kind. Obviously, you feel differently about that and we work with many 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 wholesalers who are both wholesaler and retail investor. So, Talk about that for just a little bit, the, the nature of the real estate investor world right now, what you're seeing in the marketplace, you know, days on market, off market deals, you know, what is the state of the real estate investor world right now? <laughs> Say we just came off of January, so that's been fun. Um, and just to give you some context, I have seven active flips right now, so I, I'm very involved in what we, what we have going on right now. Mm-hmm. And we all know, obviously, investors, insurance, a lot of different industries that the winter months are always the slowest that's kind of given but it's a weird time right now where everyone's kind of coming out of hibernation one because of the winter period but also 
with the federal government announcing, hey, we're going to lower interest rates. We're going to start having a cooling off period. We have election year, which historically election years are a madhouse for real estate industry. Gangbusters insanity. I love yes. election years. They're great for business. Yes. And so we see a lot of people coming out of the woodworks, for lack of better words, and going, hey, here's this real estate investment. Here's this. So like for us and my team, what we did is we bought properties before Christmas, Thanksgiving, and we were gearing up knowing, hey, the springtime is what we are holding out for. Whereas most investors, they're, they're thinking, hey, okay, I'm going to go buy the property. I'm going to be out in 30, 60 days. We're going to list it. It might take 60 or 90 days. We bought all of our property in the fourth quarter of 2023 knowing, hey, we're going into election year. Interest rates are probably going to go down because I'll be honest with you, I'm only 28. So I've never seen the interest rates of 12, 13, 15% like they did back in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. And obviously we just saw 2%, 2.5% interest rates a year and a half sick. ago. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was three months away from a two point something interest rate and we closed on my house at 5.875. Oh, and I'm just like, because we just didn't find the right house in time. And I'm sitting there watching the interest rate go boop, 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 boop. And we're still looking for a house. I'm just like, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so I, I'm right there with you, man. Like when we bought yeah. in 2016, we bought our first house in, in, in Plano in 2016. And I think we paid 3.75 on a 30-year fixed wow. in 2016. And that was bargain basement rates back then. But you're playing the interest rate game. And I was hoping you were going to go there. Because guys, it, it, guys and gals in the insurance side of things, it is so important that you pick up on the nuances of McLean here. I brought him on because he's really, really good at real estate. And that's our single biggest vertical. All the stuff that McLean is talking about here has nothing to do with purchasing an insurance policy. He's talking about their operation. He's talking about how they're doing their due diligence, how they're going about deciding on what deals to go after. When you get inside the brain of your target prospect profile, when you start to understand their operation, the pain points that they have, the things that irritate and frustrate them, you're better able to deliver meaningful solutions and win business, but not just individual business, repeat business, and referrals. McLean has referred us quite a few other investors, or McLean's executive assistant, or somebody in his operation. He's got a great thing going on, but it's not just the deal in front of you. It's a spider web of other deals that come from that deal if you do a good job for them. So, uh, sorry, McLean, I, quick little aside there, because no, no. some people are trying to figure out why in the world I have you on, because there's very little for an insurance audience to glean from you if all they're thinking about is insurance and sales and marketing. But there's a lot more to your story than just that. So interest rate, environment, and, and what else? What's, what are the, the really high level things that you're paying close attention to in the real estate world? So obviously we're looking at areas of growth. So we don't buy properties that have, for example, less than 30% of annual growth. And that's more of the data side of what we do on our acquisition side. So we are looking at different areas. So it might not be the areas that you think of where you're thinking, hey, let's say Rowlett, Plano, McKinney, where it's stabilized. We might be going into areas where our insurance people are like, I've never heard of this place. Or, hey, where did, where did you see this opportunity? And like, where did it come from? So we're going into some areas where we're seeing the growth ahead of time. So we have to project it, hey, 
in six months or is there a new build over here is there a stabilizing market there do we yeah do we go after that market no but I, I love it. interest rates is always going to be our our biggest play because that's the first thing the market here retail market plays off of is interest rates well and it, it correlates perfectly to what we see in the insurance world which is you have to have the right timing it, even if you're talking to a, a perfect prospect if it's the wrong time they're probably going to blow you off you know and and even if you're going after the right deal if it's the wrong time and for whatever reason the market fluctuations you know and interest rates and whatever or supply and demand like if you you have seven flips going right now maybe you don't want to have 10 flips going right now maybe your infrastructure says hey you know what Eight is the most I want. I'm looking for one good flip, and when I get to eight in progress, I'm I'm gonna wait, you know, wait a month or two before I start looking again because obviously you've got one finishing maybe a month or two from now, and they're they're staggered, of course, but the details of your operation are going to be hi highly dependent on on the timing of everything. So, how exactly. do you stay in front? How do you figure out what's coming next? Because pipeline and deal flow for a real estate investor is just as important for an insurance agency. Correct, correct. Yeah, so obviously like I have my own acquisition side of our company where we're sourcing our own deals. I'm not having to wait on a realtor to bring me a deal. We're able to source our own deals off market at 40, 50 cents on the dollar. And so we can we can gauge, hey, what's our timeline on our stuff, which I know that our contractors we can be in and house remodel it within about 22 to 25 days. And I will tell you, we we had our guys pace it out during Thanksgiving, Christmas, and it did it did bother me going, hey, our rehab times went up on it. But we knew with the intention and the plan of, hey, we are waiting for springtime. But to give you an idea, our our cycle on our deals, it might be 20 days on the rehab, and then our days on market for us is about 40 to 45 days right now. So okay. we're in the deal for 75 days, roughly. And I'm guessing you're doing hard money for most of these, right? Yes. Okay. Because whether it's hard or private, I mean, you're, you're paying holding costs. Uh, mm -hmm. So when things don't line up, you have fixed costs that are burning through your profit on a deal. And then you end up in a like Tariq Mosa uh, situation where, you know, it doesn't matter how much you sell it for, you're losing money on the deal. Yep. Yep. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, especially on the insurance side is there, we had a deal that we should have made easily $35,000 net on. It was it was a deal we literally just had to put tile in the kitchen. That's it. And we are making a net profit of about $3,200 on that deal because we did not. I said, look, we can we can wait another two months to sell this and wait until springtime, relist it, or we can go and get it off the books now because we have other bigger fish to fry. Mm. And so I have to think of that and go, which one do we need to cut bait and run on? Or which one do we need to just go and get off our books? Well, yeah. I mean, you're always playing the cost-benefit analysis, right? Figuring yes. out what if I do this now versus if I do this three months from now, you know, what is the anticipated variance going to be? So from an insurance perspective, what are the things that you look for when, when you picked Riskwell? There's, I mean, there's every insurance, every investor group I'm in has a school of fish that are just floating around waiting for someone to say, I need insurance. And they just Go, oh me, me! It's like, like the Finding Nemo movie with the seagulls. Mine, mine, <laughs> mine, mine, mine. Like, how in the world do you cut through the noise as an investor? Pretend Riskwell wasn't in the picture. How are you choosing an insurance professional? What's important to you as the one making that decision? 
so I'm glad you segued into that because no bias here. And obviously I use RiskWell and our stuff, but it's going through that process for me, it's the customer service. So I use it in the analogy of I, I will go to Chick-fil-A two or three times a week and they have the same Chick-fil-A sandwich. They only have like eight different things on the, on the menu. I don't care if it's not a gourmet meal. It's the customer service that I go there for. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing that I noticed, especially with RiskWell compared to the local mom and pop insurance companies that could get us builders risk, but they had no idea, Hey, here's how McLean has an exit strategy. Here's why he's doing this amount of deals and why he's wanting to do this policy that might have a lower deductible or lower premium. And here's the variables that I would suggest based on his strategy. Yeah. Because like an insurance agent doesn't know, Hey, McLean has a roofer and a HVAC guy that can do it for a fraction of the cost. Why would he pay the deductible on it? You're not paying retail, so why don't you just jack the deductible? Most of the time, you'd be sitting here going, well, I want a low deductible. Well, McLean does not want a low deductible because McLean has proper cash flow, and he's not leveraged too hard, so he doesn't have to worry about it. Now, understanding the client's operation. It's exactly the same thing for you and a seller of a distressed property. you got to get inside their brain and figure out what their triggers are, figure out what they need, what they want, Figure out what their core problem is that they're trying to solve. Maybe it's an, an error problem, you know, where someone's stepbrother is on on a, a will, and you got to get them off somehow. You know, maybe you you know slip them a, a grand or whatever for a signature <laughs> on a on a or on a release piece of paper. You know, there there's so many different things that you deal with with these sellers and insurance professionals out there that want to work with real estate investors. It's so important to get inside the head of the investor and ask intelligent questions, right? The only reason we won your business is we demonstrated that we understand the sort of challenges that you're facing. Because correct me if I'm wrong here, I don't mind being wrong, the insurance policy itself is almost superfluous or even, dare I say, irrelevant to an extent. There's certain basic things that have to be true, right? Are you properly covered? Does this have the right scope of coverage or certain things excluded that you really don't want excluded outside of that doesn't really matter it's it's the people behind the policy from what i hear from you right oh 100 percent. and i'll give kudos to you your team and how you'll set it up is the on i guess the initial onboarding hey i need to submit an a request at one o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night because i just signed a contract with the wholesaler to buy this property and i know tomorrow my hard money lender is going to go hey what's your insurance policy I know that I can come to RiskWell and it's going to be done in the next 12 hours or I'll have it by the next day. That was one thing I loved compared to, hey, I've got to go get on the phone, wait until eight o'clock, whenever the insurance agent can take the information. Even though the the initial contact is easy with RiskWell. Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. 
Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. Yeah, and, and that, man, that is so important. And I love the validation. I mean, selfishly, I love hearing it because you chose to do business with us and that's fantastic. But at, at the end of the day, it really is about building trust and delivering a better experience because it, the widget is the same. You and I are in the same industry. We are in the industry of building trust and delivering better solutions. And that, that's it. That is literally all we do. The flavor, the vehicle happens to be real estate for you and insurance for me, but you and I are selling the very same commodity and that's trust and solutions to the problems that they face. Yeah, I'm just thinking in real time here. It's, it's interesting to realize that you and I really are doing exactly the same thing, just in different industries. So what's up? What, what, Ben, for a second, what is it that annoys you about insurance people? What are things that people do that just bug you? Any, any, anything we did or some agent from before, like, is there anything that makes you, oh gosh, I hate it when they blank. I'll say I haven't had much issue with insurance and I'll, I'll tell you this from an investor perspective. It's not the individual agent. It's what's the process behind the scenes. And I know you're yeah. probably thinking where I'm thinking at on this is, okay, let me paint that picture as an investor is obviously we're making these cash offers. Hey, we're going to close in seven, 10 days. We get to the finish line and hard money lender goes, Hey, we need a change in the amount of insurance coverage. Okay. Well, great. It's going to take about two hours, maybe 12 hours to get the change, whatever the back end process is. Well, as an investor, you might have a wholesaler that, and I've had this happen before multiple times is you have a wholesaler that's ready to go. They're ready to close, get paid on their money. You have the seller that's calling the wholesaler and you saying, Hey, why am I not getting paid today? You've got the title company that's trying to get the updated documents to cover the insurance policy. And then obviously you have the investor who's like, I've got all these people that are mad at me. Now I look like a fool because I can't close because our insurance policy was short $200 on yeah. coverage. And that is one thing that I personally had to get over and learn, hey, we need to do the insurance policy like the day we get the contract. And I don't care if we do it for more than what the contract is on the coverage but that will stop this at the end. And yep. if you are a like if you are an insurance agent working with an investor, I cannot stress how much that will make or break the investor at the end because that's the last thing they're going to remember is we couldn't close because James didn't have the insurance policy fixed this this this, but you can prevent yep. that by addressing it on the initial contact. Man, that is the single biggest <laughs> cardinal rule of working with a real estate investor. Thou shalt not mess with closing. Yes. <laughs> like if you, if you do something that messes with closing, you got like five different people that are mad at you. And none of them are going to send business because all they're going to remember is you messed up a closing. God forbid it gets delayed a, a day. If it gets delayed from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., you're still going to hear about it. But at least it closed same day. If you make title wait another day and they got to draft new documents because it, now all the dates are wrong, oh man, you're in real trouble. So, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, never mess with closing. What else do you want to talk about, man? Uh, you got so many things in the entrepreneur oh. side of things. Like, what, how in the world do you decide what opportunities to pursue and which to not? As someone in your shoes, and, and the same goes for a lot of our successful clients, you almost have a harder time choosing between good options. 
when you choose between a bad option and a good option, that's pretty easy. But there's one thing that everybody in this audience, myself included, has in common. We're all looking for the next great deal. Whether it's the next client, the next channel partner, the next distressed property you can buy at a discount. There's a lot of opportunities in front of us as hungry professionals. How do you decide what your buy box is? How do you decide, I'm going to go after this opportunity, but not that opportunity? What's that process like for you? Yeah, and that's honestly a great question because you, you do have a lot of investors that they only have a fix and flip model or they only buy and hold or they only do owner finance. Thankfully, I have pretty much the whole mix in there. But that's kind of something we have to look at. For us, we go, hey, what's our six-month plan? Okay, are we going into winter? Are we going to take the really skinny deals that we would have taken in the summertime or at the end of winter? Probably not. And then we go, okay, what's the needs of the business today? Because obviously if, for example, if we are in the end of winter, we're coming into springtime, I'm probably going to take down a deal that I know is going to take us 60 days to do and has really good meat on the bone. I'm not going to do a deal just for the sake of keeping our crews busy. I'll tell them, hey, we're going to go do other stuff. And that's the luxury that I have. Whereas I know a lot of investors, that's another big thing is they might be hiring a general contractor and they don't care if they don't buy a deal for six months. Mm. But then you have other investors where they might have a crew in-house. They have to they have to take down a deal just to take down a deal to keep their crews busy. And they're willing to go do that. Yeah. Well, because for the GC, the crews are everything. And if you lose a good crew to inactivity and somebody else picks them up and gives them deal flow, you're not getting that crew back because they're working for a different GC now. And, mm-hmm. and the same goes for the investor, right? You know, A good GC is worth their weight in gold especially if they come in on time and on budget, right? Correct, correct. No, now that's, that's no different than the insurance agent. <laughs> they come in on time and on budget, you're, you're going to win a lot of deals, right? Man, the opportunities are everywhere. You just have to be discerning and, and wait for, or not wait, but be intentional, be mindful of what the plan is before you get there, right? You got to know this is how we're going to handle X whatever X happens to be. And you know, if something comes across your plate, you've already decided what your strategy is on what you're going to be you know, going after or not going after. Correct. Man. And uh, you just have to look at it. What's the needs of the business? Do I need cash flow or do I need a chunk of change in the next 60, 90 days? Man, that is so true. And there's so many people, there's so many agents out there that are not thinking about profit. They're thinking about writing premium. Uh, they're not realizing oh, I go after that investor, they're going to spend six months ghosting me and wasting my time and they'll eventually buy a property. But if they are more intentional about the people that they're building relationships with, channel partners, hard money lenders, property managers, whatever, and working with investors that have standards, that are professionals themselves, everybody wins. You know, there's nothing worse than chasing a client and, and, cha- and you know, winning them after a very long period of time and then you win and it's like, well, wait a second, man, I've been chasing this person for three or four months and they finally you know, closed on this property and I made $300. I'm like, okay, well, maybe you shouldn't have been chasing that person. You know, all the time spent, you know, going after, you know, chasing your tail, you could have been focusing that same energy somewhere else. Talk about, about that with, with your process, because I know it's very important for you to build relationships, not just with bird dogs and other wholesalers 
but hard money lenders and you know other licensed real estate agents who may have a, an aged property who's been sitting on the market for a while and they need to dispo that thing and you know, find find a buyer using off market or creative means. Now, what is your process like for stewarding these relationships that are so critical to you? So obviously, the number one thing is dig the well before you need it. So we we put a very big emphasis on, hey, before we know, hey, we might need really good buyers, agents, hard money, we're building that relationship before we need it. And obviously, whenever we go and have those relationships, we start asking the questions that, hey, hard money lender, or Mr. and Mrs. Hard Money Lender, whenever you go to underwrite your deals, how long does it take you to underwrite? What does your timeline look like if I have to go get the insurance policy from this person? Do you have a recommendation for an insurance person? Do you use a different appraiser? Like we'll ask them, who's your appraiser? Um, have you used them before? What's your pros and cons on them? Do you like them? Do I need to give them stuff ahead of time? Or yeah. do I need to prepare them? Hey, this is what we're going to go do. For example, one of our, one of our, I don't know if I'm allowed to like say which hard money lender, but we you say whatever the, you want, man. Yeah. Black Label good. Capital. So, <laughs> Matt, Matt Podesto. Matt Podesto. Matt Podesto. Yeah. So yeah. like we go and ask and we ask the appraiser, we go, what do you need from us to underwrite this deal properly? And for our appraisers, we'll go do a whole line item. We're like, hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's an idea of what we're, we're wanting to do based on this. And instead of sitting back like a bump on a log going, hey, here's my property. Matt, I'll see you in three weeks whenever we need to close. Appraiser. The lockbox is on the door. Go look at it. We try and help speed up the process and help them understand, hey, here's what we're trying to do. Here's how we can make your job easier. Obviously, it, it makes our job easier buying the house. Yeah. yeah. Well, and but uh, understanding the, the, how they work. Uh, go that's, ahead. That's Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. You're, Finish you're your good. thought there. My bad. You're good. But uh, we try and understand how they operate because I would hate to get to the closing table and be mad at someone because I didn't understand how they operate. Because your mm -hmm. operation is different than mine. It might be different than another insurance carrier. And I need to know how y'all work so we can better communicate. Well, 100%. And in the case of, of you know, Black Label on those two deals we're referring to, it was just a matter of, hey, let's get aligned on expectations. You asked for something. We're not able to deliver it. And here's the reasons why. Let's find a way forward. And because at the end of the day, both Black Label and Riskwell are responsible for serving you as the client and getting the job done and let you close on the property and move on to the next one. So the older I get, the longer I do this, the less I spend any time arguing. Because arguing is stupid. It is a giant waste of time. And it's like, okay, you want me to get the measuring stick out? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's find the solution and let's move forward. Because every second we spend arguing is the second we're not spending running our businesses, serving our clients, prospecting the next deal and making money. Like all the bad blood in social media and all the, the in, in emails and text messages, I'm like, does that really help anybody? Or are you just ego fluffing? And the older I get, the less I care about ego fluffing. Now, when I was 28, like you, man, I cared <laughs> a lot about ego fluffing. I just turned 40 yesterday. 40-year-old me cares a lot less about ego fluffing than 28-year-old me did. That is for <laughs> sure. Man, we're entering that window where I told you we'd be probably 30, 40 minutes of recording time. I really didn't know where this conversation was going. I, I have a battery of questions I usually ask someone who exists in the insurance world or in technology or something adjacent to insurance. With real estate, I don't know. We don't really know where the conversation is going other than just 
provide our audience context, hearing from a real live, very successful real estate investor and, and hopefully helping insurance folks listening to AFP today you know, get a better understanding for how to reach the investor, you know, how to, to find the people that you want to work with in your market. Any, any advice you have for you know, the insurance professional or somebody else who wants to work with real estate investors like you, not you in particular, because stay away from McLean. <laughs> He's my client and you can't have him. But there's people out there that are like McLean. So on behalf of your colleagues in the insurance world, McLean, what kind of advice do you have for insurance folks to better connect with real estate investors? Of course. Yeah. So we all know, I'm gonna, I give a, I've got like three tips here. So I'm glad you segue to this one. Number one, just as an investor, I like if you are trying to build that network, I would honestly go straight to either hard money lending um, like Quest IRA, you have people that are lending out their money and they're going to want insurance policies because as an investor, if I go to a hard money lender and they say, hey, we refer this insurance person, because as you said in the beginning is there's hundreds and thousands of different insurance agents that can go, hey, here's our product, here's this. But if you have a hard money lender that goes, we already are going to approve you on your loan, we've already worked with you before, here's who we recommend, and you're an insurance agent that's able to provide that stellar service, you're going to get referrals just boom, 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 boom. Now, obviously the flip side of that is you can sell a widget, a gadget, whatever it is, but it comes down to that customer service. And I feel yeah. like, again, RiskWell does really well on the front end where it's, here's our intake form. Here's this. Thank you so much. I love the little ice cream where it's like, thanks again for repeat business. I don't know yeah. if, you, if you've been on the website there lately, but it's yeah. stuff like that. And honestly, Y'all have a system where I think I've gotten two or three cards where it's like, hey, thanks for your business last time. And I go, you know, I like this little card. I don't have any other agents that do that at all. And it's it's sticking to the stuff where it's like, hey, I know you might not buy another property for three or six months, but keep us in mind. Yep. And we're finally doing top of mind drip stuff. Like we're finally sending out uh, sometime in February will be our first monthly drip campaign where it's a short little video on a short paragraph or two in an email believe it or not we've never done top of mind drip campaigns ever really i don't know why it's so basic but we've never done that before now we've done some automated stuff like the card uh i, yeah. I love those we use a vendor sorry to give away the secret sauce <laughs> but they use a robot that holds an actual pen and we yeah. tell them exactly what to put in there yeah it's real ink yeah. Yeah. and it looks real our team didn't write that card. We have a, a, a close vendor that we work with where it is a real pen and it is real paper, but it's a robot draw, drawing that, that card. But it's having that thought process of, you know what? At this point in the relationship, McLean just finished a deal with us. He deserves to know that we care about his business. Thank you, McLean, for giving us your business. Now, I, you know, I hesitate to even say that a robot wrote that thank you card, but who instructed the robot to write the card and send it to you? So, I mean, at the end of the day, it really is the thought that counts. And so many people, correct me if I'm wrong here, again, I'm totally fine being wrong if you think I am, so many people poo-poo the end result and go, oh, you know, that's not an actual thank you card. No one spent their time handwriting out every letter of that card. They didn't drive to the post office and put that in the mail so it's invalid in some way. In 2024 and beyond, I think the thought 
is what counts, is more true than ever, right? Someone put effort into making their customer or client feel seen and feel important. Uh, am I right there? Or does the fact oh, that yeah. a physical human hand didn't write the card, does that make it any less valid? <laughs> I mean, I'd, I smeared it to see if it was, but yes. <laughs> but I opened that letter and went, Riskwell sent me something and it's it's a card. Okay, this is awesome. Y'all took the the time and the money and the effort to do it. Whereas most insurance agents are, oh, you sold the property. Here's your cancellation. Here you go. Yeah. I'll see you next time. Yeah. You're absolutely right, man. It, it really is the little things uh, that go a long way. Asking for a referral, but only after a full policy term. Asking for a Google review after the sale, not right after the sale, but like a month or two or three or after a, a quality service interaction rather than, hey, thank you for buying insurance with us. Can you leave a Google review right now? I know we just met and you don't actually know anything about us, but can you leave a Google review? It was like, that's like, try to, to move forward in a relationship that you just <laughs> met someone. It's like, hey, um, I know we just met, but can you tell your friends how awesome I am? So it's like, come on, let's be human in our interactions, right? Come on. Anything else you want to talk about before, uh, before uh, we wrap this thing up, man? I don't, yeah. I don't mean to ramble incessantly about no, client no. experience with you. You're good. I was actually going to say I would say if you're working with investors, a lot of them don't know the declaration page. All they do is look at what's my premium, what's my monthly, that's it. I, I would love it because like we do, so we do like pre-call stuff. Obviously, we have videos that we send to private money lenders. Hey, here's what to expect. But I've never seen an insurance company, and again, this might be something y'all look into or whatnot, is doing like a, I guess like a pre-call for the declarations page. Hey, here's what you can expect. Here's some information on this just to walk you through it. Because I will tell you, whenever I first started getting insurance for fix and flips, I had to ask and go, Hey, well, what's this mean? Like, what's the consequences if I lower the, and I, I didn't know anything about the builder's risk. I was like, well, why is this policy have to go on to another one? Or why, why is it not just a blanket policy? Things like that. And yeah. it was email. Well, this is what it covers. Or it can cover this, this, this. Okay. But something to go, here's some extra information to hmm. walk you through it. So we're in the middle of building out some of these automated workflows and short little video things actually like sitting right here with where I'm sitting right now is where I record a lot of my short form videos. It is this idea of having an automated touch point that goes out via text message with a link to a YouTube video as soon as someone fills out a quote request form, only when they're a new client, because we don't want to spam existing clients, because they're like, bro, I already do business with you. I know how this goes. Leave me alone. Yep. <laughs> but it's, if they're a new client, just to say, hey, thanks for the quote request. We're going to work on this. In the meantime, check this out. And the video just says, hey, cool. Welcome to Risk. Well, here's what to expect. And it just walks them through the process. And then maybe after the quote is delivered, have a quick little thing of, like you said, hey, this is a declarations page. This is a binder that's only good for 30 days and then we'll get you the real policy in a few weeks. And here's what it looks like and here's how to read it if you care. If you don't care, skip this video. Go back to running your business. You're good. Call us if you have any questions. But if you care, here, watch this quick video. It's like, the if you that's care, like watch perfect. it. If you don't, then skip this video. Yeah? And say, like, yeah. Is that how I you say, want to receive Am I validating this idea that you're, you have written on the board, I'm assuming? 
Yeah, honestly, I'm just asking you for my own benefit. Like, is that yes. something that you would find enjoyable and useful? Or is there oh, a better way that you would want to receive that information? No, that's perfect. Because like, obviously, if you're building new clientele, they don't know how you operate. And yeah. they, you can go, hey, here's our expectations. Here's this. Or, hey, here's what your policy quote's going to look like. It's these three options. This is if you want to do X, Y, Z. Here's another yeah. option. And here's this. Okay. Because I can't tell you how many times I've gotten, hey, here's your quote. Which one do you want? And there's no details on it. There's no explanation. Yeah. Just yeah. builder's risk, this, coverage, premium, premium. Okay. Yep. I want just having like a quick little explanation. Like for our preferred market that we send most of our stuff through, uh, there's a couple of options, you know, one for ordinance and law coverage and one for uh, reverse flow of water, sewer and drain backup coverage. And I think it's like $15,000 of coverage for that endorsement. But a lot of people ask us, what is this? And so we're, you know, in the middle of creating quick little educational videos. And I mean, literally like 90 seconds worth of a video. Hey, this is what this option is. Yeah, this is what the coverage does. This is why you should care. If you don't care about that, then skip it. So it. It, at the end of the day, man, it, the most important thing is that we are taking care of what the client cares about. Like one of my favorite lines, and I'll, I'll end with this, and you can I'll let people know where to find you if they want to connect for other stuff, you know, learning more about real estate or what wholesaling is or whatever. It is, we cannot create alignment. We, excuse me, we, we cannot create uh, interest. We cannot create desire. We can only align with interest or desire that already exists. And when we are, as professionals, we're aligning ourselves with someone who thinks in a compatible way, who's wanting or needing something that we are in alignment with, cool, let's talk shop. This, this might be a good opportunity. But talking about something someone doesn't care about, you can't make them care about something they don't care about. You can educate them, but I mean, it's the same with the seller, right? The sellers yeah. have their own ideas and you can try to help them understand other ways of thinking about things or enlighten them about something they may not be aware of. But at the end of the day, their thoughts are usually their thoughts and they really don't care what you say. Right? 100%. Yes, <laughs> I, yes. I see I you say, yeah, head I, there. So I'm like, I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Distressed sellers are just like investors when it comes to being hard-headed and stubborn. Oh, sometimes the investors are worse. Oh, man. <sighs> Dude, anything else you want to share before we go? No, I'll say... Uh, I'm Again, thank you for having me on here. I'm happy to be kind of the, uh, I guess, liaison or spokesperson yeah, the for the real estate the side. Spokesperson. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if anybody wants to find me, I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Um, it's McLean Bobbitt, uh, just first name, last name on Instagram and Facebook. If you have any questions, uh, especially insurance agents, if you're, if you're like, hey, I've got a question about this, send me a message. Well, and, and I'll be happy McLean's to answer. a great follow if you're trying to better understand the investor world, if you want to get into real estate better. Uh, he's a great follow. Lots of content. McLean's got his own stuff going on, his own ecosystem. He's in the middle of building. Uh, you're a mover and shaker, man. I appreciate you giving us some of your valuable time today. And of course, thank you for uh, risking well, as we say around here. And that's it. Uh, we'll uh, we'll pop your contact information in the show notes here for this episode. Rami, what the name of your company is, McLean? Lone Star Equity. It's literally on your shirt right there. Okay. <laughs> Goodness. Well, he is McLean Bobbitt, the owner of Lone Star Equity, and this has been another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast.
Make it a great day, boys and girls. We'll talk to you again real soon. Take care. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to the show and leave us a review if you like what you hear. Those subs and reviews are actually super important for our reach to new listeners. Get your copy of my book, Leaving Captivity, on Amazon or Audible for the audiobook version. We'd love to hear from you, so please send your thoughts, questions, ideas, and general feedback to us at podcast at jamesjenkins.com. Agency Freedom is produced and distributed by podsquad.fm. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Make it a great day, boys and girls. Until next time, let's go.